San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner gave his final State of the City address Wednesday night, in which he focused on what he plans to accomplish in his final year as mayor. Namely, to push for more housing across the city and to continue his carrot-and-stick approach to solving the region's homelessness crisis. As California's most preeminent Republican, Faulkner also gave hints as to what his next political act may be. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Michael Smolens, you're the political columnist for the Union Tribune, and a big political event happened last night with the mayor's final state in the city address. What's the top-level thing that Falconer really tried to share with San Diegans last night? What was the main theme? That San Diego's back. Uh, you know, he sort of took the long view of how dire the situation was when he came to office. We had a mayor that was thrown out because, or had to resign because of sexual harassment scandal. There were financial problems, uh, infrastructure problems, and a lot of this happened on Faulkner's Watch, big homeless problems. Mm-hmm. A lot of those have, if not been solved, improved, and he's saying that, you know, as opposed to being sort of this bad example, San Diego is now the example for other cities. Yeah, and it seems like the, the mayor has accomplished quite a bit in his tenure, but at the same time, the focus of the speech seemed to be on what he wants to do in this last year versus looking too much kind of in the rearview mirror. I guess for you, what do you think are some of those things that Falconer, you know, kind of deserved a pat on the back for doing so far as mayor? Well, he does have a year to go. And, uh, you know, he wants to avoid the lame duck title. That's why he's proposing all this stuff. And and there's still time to, to do that. Uh, you know, he took it really on the chin on the whole homeless situation and the, the hepatitis crisis, mm-hmm. and rightly so. He wasn't alone, but being the mayor, he's sort of the, the, the one image that people latch onto. They have turned that around, as we've written extensively about with shelters and, and programs and so forth. So he deserves credit there, uh, and uh, the, the streets are in better condition than they were. They, they just weren't being attended to and things like that. He's sort of taking credit for the city really being ahead of the curve on on helping to create housing through these streamlined policies. Mm-hmm. They might be streamlining policies, but so far we haven't really seen any result that that means much in terms of more units coming from from that effort. So it's still a little bit of a mixed bag, but I think that he has many things to talk about moving forward. Uh, the homeless one is certainly kind of ironic that, that it was one thing that gave San Diego a very bad image in the national spotlight. And now people are actually looking, what has San Diego done that we can do? Mm-hmm. And I guess let's kind of go through some of those things that you mentioned. When it comes with the city's finances, are things finally kind of out of rough waters or are things still be an issue with the pension problem in San Diego in the, in the coming years? There's going to be an issue with the pension problem for, for a long time. And, you know, on balance, Faulkner came in and he came in with a pretty good surplus, which certainly helped spread the goodwill around the city council when you can, uh, you mm-hmm. know, help council members with projects in their districts that cost money. Um, they, uh, there was a lot of stabilization of the, the pension situation, costly ones. I mean, that's the big issue, that, that we knew for a long time that the deficit was going to keep rising, 
and the pension annual pension payments would be keep rising. That sucks a lot of money out of the general fund. Eventually, that will tail off, you know, way down in the in the future. But the fundamentals, I think, are sound. Uh, some people think that they've overdone it, too cautious on the pension aspect, costing the city too much money. That mm-hmm. the projections are too conservative in terms of the return that they're getting on their investments and so forth, and the size of the deficit. But given what San Diego been went through, it's not surprising that they want to make sure and err on the side of fiscal conservatism in that point. Mm-hmm. Certainly. And when it comes to housing, I found it somewhat interesting about how Faulkner kind of positioned himself as a YIMBY, but at the same time was critical of people that say the only solution to homelessness is just building more homes. Can you kind of unpack that argument that he made during that speech? Well, they're not entirely two separate things that are related, but let's let's take the last one first. The, mm-hmm. the you know he said you know people that advocate only housing are wrong. Most people, just about all people involved in the whole uh, homelessness issue, are not advocating just housing. Mm-hmm. The, the big trend, the popular one, is housing first, and a lot of cities have shown progress in bringing down homelessness with that. The concept there isn't only housing; it's providing housing, a shelter first, getting a roof uh-huh. over somebody's head. Is the you know, I mean, that is the problem. Is what they're homeless? Let's find them, you know, a place to live. But very quickly, bring other services. Is do they have mental health issues, drug issues, and so forth? Uh, they didn't want preconditions like, oh, people have to go through all these other programs in order to get housing. They, that's the, the reverse of what they think is the way to go. Mm-hmm. The critics of Faulkner are saying that you know he's really distorting the situation by saying it's only housing. It, it isn't. He's correct that there's a huge mental health issue. There's huge drug issues that need attending to. So there's a real fight over that. Um, you know, in terms of the the overall housing situation. It's very interesting because, yes, he, he said, as he did before, he's a YIMBY. He, he's always been pro-development. Yeah. Um, now that's become a little bit more in vogue because there's a lot of people thinking a big part of the problem with why houses are so expensive, there's not enough of them. Others say you keep building houses, they're just going to keep charging the same prices. Um, but what he's trying to do is, is bridge, in a weird way, the YIMBY and NIMBY, that's the you know not-my-backyard folks, mm-hmm. by saying that, that you know housing... He he's got a proposal called complete, complete neighborhoods. I think yeah, uh, complete communities. Excuse me, where housing isn't just uh, going to be a burden and bring more density, but it's going to bring amenities, parks, and other things, and developers are going to pay for those. Sounds good. Uh, you know that's going to be a tough lift in the, the doing, but that at least is a good concept because people are fearful that housing is just going to deteriorate their quality of life. Certainly not improve it. Mm-hmm. And then that's it seems to be the hardest sell for people who are homeowners in some communities is just having the willingness to allow at least some low income or even middle income housing in places where historically they haven't been. It's that bridge that, you know, few, it seems, are willing to cross. Well, that but also just any housing. People don't want more congestion and, and whatnot. Um, so it is a tough climate. It's an interesting thing that, that pushes those together. I don't really know the finances, but to suggest that that developers are going to pay for this means they're going to have to get a great deal more density and to be able to build more homes, uh, you know, whether in apartments, condos, or single-family homes, mm-hmm. in order to finance those wonderful new parks and things he's talking about. And is that uh, an untenable thing, either logistically or uh, politically? That that you know, hey, we wouldn't we don't care about a little pocket park if it's going to you know bring. 90 more homes right on my street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not an easy solution no matter 
which road you take towards the end. Right. And on balance, a lot has to be fleshed out. These are big ideas, some concepts. Uh, it's going to take a long time to see what they're actually going to try to do and, and uh, if it works. Mm-hmm. And moving on to homeless, uh, how would you essentially characterize Faulkner's kind of overarching strategy of trying to combat homelessness? Can you kind of explain the Faulkner kind of playbook here? Uh, basically, a carrot and stick approach. Um, he's been criticized for ramping up enforcement. He's saying that, that we have been you know, increasing opportunities for shelter, for services, for outreach. But the bottom line is that, that if there's a, an available bed and people are living on the street and the sidewalk, they will be given an offer to that bed. And if they refuse, then they get cited or even put in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people think that's too inflexible, uh, but that's his approach. And uh, you know, it certainly stemmed out of the, the aftermath of the whole homeless crisis. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, there's still a lot of homeless people out there, but some are getting pushed away. We, I just talked with a homeless advocate who, who went out to, uh, was sort of touring a homeless encampment in Spring Valley, and some people said, yeah, we used to be in San Di- downtown San Diego, but they're cracking down too hard. So uh, there's a big question whether that uh, solves the problem. Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, no matter when you enforce in certain geographic areas, it is going to, to a certain point, push people in other places until there's enough shelters and housing to kind of deal with the surplus. The the larger issue is that while Faulkner might not be a housing first person, permanent housing for homeless people is really the goal. You know, expanding, he's been done a good job and they have done a good job in expanding the shelters and by doing that, getting more people off the street. But the ultimate goal, as I said, was to get people into permanent housing, and that's a very difficult thing to do. It's expensive. It takes a long time. And the city, no cities really have been doing that good, and the city doesn't quite have the resources to do that. One troubling sign, while San Diego is getting some attention for how they've cleaned things up, how we've cleaned things up, is that uh, the recidivism of certain people that have moved to permanent housing have become homeless again. And that in San Diego has been a higher percentage than in other comparable cities. And that's a real troubling sign because that's really what you're trying to do to get people into permanent housing and keep them there. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why he mentioned multiple times having kind of a pathway for people dealing with mental health issues and also drug addiction because those two things are usually the cause of this recidivism. Well, they can be. Yeah, they can. But also just economic issues. I mean, we do focus a lot, and we absolutely should, on mental health and uh, uh, drug issues. But also, you know, people fall into tough times. And, mm-hmm. and a big issue uh, that they hope to kind of eventually get ahead of the curve and keep homelessness from happening before it happens because there's a lot of people that cycle in and out of homeless. Uh, there's, you know... A, too big of a percentage of people that are chronically and constantly homeless, but there are thousands of people that cycle in and out because things fall apart, come back together, and that's one thing they're trying to stop. Mm -hmm, Certainly. And throughout the end of the speech, it seems that Faulkner kind of laid seeds about what's happening next after he's termed out as as mayor. Uh, For you, what do you see as Faulkner's next act? Well, he was very clear about that. What that ultimately leads to is really the interesting question. But he said that the Propositions 47 and 57, two statewide initiatives, which he opposed, um, one lowered the, the crime for, for drug crimes from uh, felonies to misdemeanor, and another one uh, led to early parole for a lot of uh, criminals behind bars. 
he and others think that has had a bad impact on crime and other issues. And he's even saying now homelessness. And so he's going to lead a coalition that tries to draft an initiative that somehow either fixes what they think think are wrong with those or maybe even repeal. He he hasn't been clear about that. Mm-hmm. He's talked about that not just just this year, but this year and beyond. So that's a focus. Uh, it gives him a statewide platform. And there's talk, as there was before everything fell apart on the homelessness front, of him running for governor. Uh, you know, people forget, but there were polls out there that showed well before the 2018 election. He was in second place behind Gavin Newsom, then mm-hmm. the lieutenant governor, and ultimately was elected governor. By a substantial amount, but still, he was second. Uh, you know, he's really the most prominent Republican in the state, and if they're going to field a candidate, that's the candidate they want, mm-hmm. even if they don't win. They need a, a good figurehead at the top of the ticket to enthuse voters and hopefully help down-ballot races. Yeah, I mean, with that brand that Faulkner has, it would be kind of a waste of political capital to not do something afterwards. And it seems like he's still ambitious, so he's likely to attempt something in the future. Exactly. And I think that, that the first step, the one we know, and you know everything else is speculation, but this, uh, this uh, initiative to, to retool, overhaul, or whatever he intends on doing on those two criminal justice uh, initiatives is, is really the, the, where he's going right now. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, when you were listening to the State of the City Address, was there anything that you kind of disagreed with what uh, Faulkner was saying? Was there anything that you feel like he should have focused on differently, perhaps? Oh, I, you know, I don't come from a perspective whether I agree or disagree. I, I try to analyze things. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of going in a different direction from your question, it was a very unique speech. Uh, it, it had a different cadence. There was almost uh, it was just, some people like it. Or it is he attempting a little poetry here? He started off with this anecdote about a homeless person. Um, usually, you sort of introduce those. It didn't have the usual trappings of a state of the city speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also led off with a, a video, which every mayor since I've been here practically has done uh, at the beginning of the speech. Um, and it really, I think, tried to show a more personal side of Kevin Faulkner. Mm-hmm. In person, he is actually a nice guy. He can be very funny. To a lot of people, he comes off as, as you know, kind of a talking points guy and pretty bland and lacking humor. And I think that they're trying to not manufacture that but show that that's there. And, and maybe he has a tough time of showing it. Yeah, and and he, cra- he cracked a couple jokes at his own expense during the, um, uh, the speech. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things that politicians often struggle with unless, you know, they're extremely high-level national figures is to show the human side of them, you know, in addition to the policy wonk that they appear to voters. One of the things in politics that you just can't really learn, you can't buy, is genuineness. I mean, people sort of have it and others don't. Uh, There's a lot of in-between, but you've seen politicians. uh, I think Jerry Sanders, uh, an earlier mayor not long ago, uh, a lot of people thought he was just a very genuine character. And and that's something that, uh, you know, if uh, political consultants could bottle and and sell, they'd be very wealthy these days. Mm -hmm. All right. Michael Smolens, thank you so much. Thank you. In other news... A vote to build a 50-mile natural gas pipeline along Interstate 15 has been postponed because the utilities sent a letter that violated the California Public Utilities Commission's rules. The letter urged the five commissioners to vote for a proposal that would allow the utilities to start a four-year project to repair 37 miles of Line 1600 and hydro-test the remaining 13 miles of the pipeline beginning later this month. 
The problem with the letter cropped up because the CPUC had a closed rate-setting meeting earlier this week, which triggers a quiet period, in which parties to a proceeding cannot make any oral or written comments, called ex parte communications, to the commission. The utilities say the letter was sent by mistake. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of your audio offerings, go to unionchip.com slash podcasts. Until next time.